Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Do you know what, Nicole? I have done great research for today's show. I've got us a great guest and I'm actually really pleased with myself. You know what? Be careful, Lauren. You know what they say? Pride comes before a fall. And this week we are talking all about humility. Mm. I'm Nicole Goodman. I'm Lauren Mishkon. And this is Self Care Club. The advice for self-care today is endless and can be yet another overwhelming job for women. Every episode, we trial a different self-care practice, live it to the letter for a week and report back to you on the results. Will it actually improve your well-being or will it be another waste of your time? We test out self-care so you don't have to. Welcome to Self-Care Club. Our homegirl, Mother Teresa, said, If you're humble, nothing will touch you, neither praise nor disgrace, because you know what you are. But what is humility? Well, It's something that's vastly underrated and undervalued. The common misconception is that it's an extreme version of being self-deprecating. But it's not about thinking that you are nothing and nobody. It's about thinking of yourself as just the right size. Mm. In fact, if you can accept and be honest about your own weaknesses, it can actually be a source of strength. Throughout history, humility has been used as an oppressive tool to keep some people down and keep others in power. Too many people, especially women, have wrongly been told to stay quiet and humble. To make things harder, everything in culture today tells us that power comes from dominance and power and aggression. But this isn't humility, that's exploitation. True humility is not oppression and it's not being humiliated. It actually only comes from within. It can't be forced on you by another person. It's not shame or guilt and it's not an excuse to be a doormat. According to author Daryl Von Tongeren, authentic humility is a secure openness to the world where we can be honest with ourselves and others about our strengths and our limitations. It's wanting to look at new perspectives and it's a way of approaching ourselves, other people and the world around us with a sense of feeling secure in our own worth so we're open to seeing the world as it is. When you are humble, you have an accurate view of reality and yourself. When you are aware of where you have room to improve, you can grow. When you can admit your doubts, you can learn. And when you can acknowledge that your own view of the world is just one single opinion among many different ones, then you can connect with others despite any differences. Humility helps us become self-aware and accept who we are and the world as it is. This is excellent for our psychological health and well-being. We make better decisions, we are more mindful and we are in a better place to make a good life for ourselves. Humble people have better mental and physical health. That is quite a sweeping statement. That is what Daryl says in his book, Humble. Humble people have better mental and physical health. Yeah. 
Mm. In the last 20 years, we have become obsessed with ourselves. The term selfies didn't even exist 10 years ago. It did exist 10 years ago. Did it? Yeah, because we were taking selfies on my sister's 40th. But that was a, quite a new thing, no? It was very new. Yeah. Yeah. I remember my friend pulled out a selfie stick. Yeah, and you were was, like, That was nine that? years ago. That was nine years ago. Yeah. The obsession with the self is caused by three things. Do you want to tell them what it is, what yeah. they are? The first one is seeking value and worth from external sources. So how many likes is your post going to get and all that sort of nonsense. We put ourselves out there for approval, but actually the only thing it does is makes us feel more anxious. Well, because if if you're relying on an external force to validate you, that external force is it's not reliable. And it has a lot of power. If that's the only way that you're able to, to feel self-esteem because if no one likes your post and you don't get any followers and no one's giving you that validation you feel empty inside whereas if you don't care and you've got it already it doesn't matter exactly because they don't get to take it from you yeah so let's say you're with like a horrible boyfriend who doesn't make you feel very nice about yourself and occasionally throws you a bone and gives you a compliment it's so out of your control with how you feel because all of your confidence is relying on something outside of you it's very unhealthy yeah the second thing is a narrow scope of opinions and attitudes and beliefs that we expose ourselves to. All of us now curate our own bubble. So we choose our news sources, we choose which paper we read, we choose our friends and mostly mm. our friends are going to have very similar views to ones that we already have. So we live in this kind of echo chamber and also on social media, if anyone doesn't agree with you or doesn't align with you, you just block them or you just unfollow them. And so you end up with this very narrow yeah. view. Yeah, it's and, true. And because true. of this, we just don't get exposed to different opinions anymore. Well, it's also been wrapped up as, oh, that's toxic. Yeah. So if someone doesn't agree with you or someone's in debate with you, it, it can, you know, you, you hear it all the time. I hear it come from my kids all the time. Oh, they were horrible to me and it was toxic. So, you know, I'm not talking to them. Yes. But it, what that doesn't do is give people the, the tools to be able to talk respectfully to people who you disagree with because you just erase them. Yeah. from your feed, from your life. And the irony is that if you ask most people today, are you tolerant of other people's opinions and of other worldviews? They'd say, yeah, of course, I'm like really, really tolerant. But actually, we're not. No, we're not. We're all basically a load of narcissists and the world's never been more disconnected and never suffered from more mental health issues than we do now. So none of this is working for us. I will say, Adam and his best friend, yeah. they have a very... Um, interesting relationship they have completely com different political views they yeah. always have had mm. and whenever they are together mm. it, i mean it is it becomes so annoying because they always get into a debate but is it respectful the way they debate but, well that's what i was going to say so me and me and my friend his wife they're always oh god they're at it again they can go at each other mm. and completely disagree yeah but they totally respect one another's opinions that's great isn't that that's great healthy debate i think so yeah. and i've learned so much from their relationship that actually it can be really interesting and thought-provoking to disagree with somebody much more interesting yeah and they have a really interesting relationship i'm because sure of that. yeah we also, this is the third thing, we also have a desire for an overly positive self-opinion. We're very used to seeing ourselves as better than average. It's called the better than average effect. So I wanted to play a game with you. Okay. This is from Daryl's book. It's a test oh, that gosh. he did with his students. He's a professor. Um, and it's a test in his book, Humble. Okay, so we'll do it together. 
You have to think of an average person who is the same age as you and also in your stage of life. So a married mum of two in her mid 40s, the average person in the UK or the world, but the average. Okay, not one specific person, just a general, just the the average. Okay, Okay. now you have to rank yourself from one to a hundred with one being that in this category, you are absolutely the worst and a hundred being you are absolutely the best in comparison to the average person of your age and in your stage of life. Okay, and I'm going to give you four things. Compared to the average 45-year-old married mum of two, how intelligent are you? From one to 100. You can either say it out loud or write it on your phone. I don't mind. Well, I might as well say it out loud because we're doing a podcast. Uh, I would say probably around the middle, 50, 60. Okay. How sociable are you? Oh, I'm very sociable. Compared to other... Compared to the average. I'm comparing to to the average. But I don't know what the average is. Well, get you know, you have to make a rough guesstimate of how sociable you feel the average woman of your age and your stage of life is. Okay. I don't know. Again, about 60, I okay. would say. How athletic are you? I am very athletic. Okay. So I would say about 75. I'd actually say you're higher compared to the average. I'm being humble. How attractive <laughs> are you? Oh, that's a terrible one. That's a terrible one because no one can judge that. I would say around 50, 60. Okay. You have to tally your score and give yourself an estimated average. So what do you think your estimated average is if you totted all those up? 60. Okay. So the average self-rating of yeah. everyone who does this yeah. is between 65 and 70%. Huh. I, i.e. we are all above average right? And you don't need to be some maths genius to know that half of all people should statistically be lower than 50%. But what Daryl found in this trial is that everybody who does the test nods and smiles and they're like, I can't believe that everyone thinks they're above average, but it's a good thing that I actually am above average. So it's this whole thing. Is it not a good thing that we think we're above average? I mean, isn't that kind of crucial to get through in life to have some level of self-belief and self-confidence well the point that he makes is that we're all so used to being told and thinking that we're above average that we actually can't take criticism or feedback or accept that we've got shortcomings or change our views and what all of this adds up to is a very fragile sense of Of self yeah a, a sense of self and the worst bit is that there is a huge drop in the world in empathy and concern for others because people who are so focused on themselves are less willing to take on other people's perspectives and the answer the solution to this problem is have a guess humility humility because when we all think that we're all better than average it stops us from accepting that we need to grow or learn and also we're very biased in the areas where we care a lot or they're very central to us so you may be biased in your how athletic you think yeah, you are totally. because that is very important, important to, me. to yeah. you. Yeah, yeah. But then it do, it doesn't make it untrue. It it doesn't make it untrue, but does it make it a fair self assessment? I think it's very hard to do the self assessment. Mm. That's that's what I'm saying. Well, that's what we're about and, to lead into. And how am I? And how am I supposed to know the average woman of forty five who's got two kids how athletic they are? On average, well, you can't, you can't. But you know, you've got to add up 
all the people who are sitting at home on their sofas all day eating crisps and then you've got to add in the few who are the gym bunnies you know you're def in my opinion i'd say you're more like an 85 right okay so i'm on the higher end yeah but what he's saying is from this study is that it is wrong to assume that about yourself that you should that you should never assume yourself to be above average i I don't buy that or that we may not have an accurate self-assessment that i buy yeah but not that you shouldn't celebrate yourself in the areas where you are doing well in life he's very clear that you should be able to in your self-assessment focus on what are your strengths and what are your weaknesses he's very clear that being humble is not just about being self-deprecating it is about acknowledging both bits of your life well should we hear what he had to say because we enlisted his help this week he came on the show um daryl is a social psychologist and professor of psychology at hope college in michigan usa he has spent the last decade researching humility and its transformative powers and is the author of the book humble the quiet power of ancient virtue and this is what he had to say Hi, Daryl. Welcome to Self Care Club. Hi, thank you for having me. Just wanted to start with a question of why is humility so important? I think humility is important for a number of reasons. Um, the first reason is uh, humility really helps improve our relationships. So a lot of scientific research suggests that we really prefer people who are humble to people who are not. We'd rather date them, be their friends, um, work with them. But we also know that humility is important because it helps us have an accurate view of ourselves and the world around us. So for those of us who are looking to improve ourselves, experience personal growth, we need to have an accurate sense of our strengths and our weaknesses and areas where we can grow. And then finally, humility is really important for helping us connect with people who are different from us, from bridging divides across politics, religion, or other areas that seem rather divisive. Okay. Can you, I've asked a few people in my life this week as part of our practice, how humble I am, how, how much humility they think I have. And each and every one has asked me, well, what do you mean by humility? Can you give us your definition of what your definition of humility is? Yeah, absolutely. So there's two ways to think about it. So one way to think about it is that humility is about being the right size in a situation. So not too big, but also not too small. So a lot of people understand the, the, the not being too big, so not being overinflated or arrogant. And that makes a lot of sense to people. But also it's about being not too small. So not shrinking, not deferring to others when you have expertise. So if, if I'm going to go see the, uh, the doctor, if I'm going to see a neurosurgeon and I need brain surgery and they come in, I don't want them to say, gee, Daryl, what do you think I should do in this situation? Right? They have the expertise. I want them to, to step yeah. into that. The other way of thinking about humility is it's our ability to know ourselves, check ourselves, and go beyond ourselves. So by know ourselves, people who are humble have an accurate view of their strengths and their weaknesses, things they're good at, but also things they need to change. To check ourselves means we can kind of reel in and keep our selfish motivations in check. So we don't act defensively. We don't pretend to be superior to other people, but instead we, we value other people. And then finally, to go beyond ourselves is we consider the priorities of others. So we really prioritize what other people need in a situation and think of their needs in addition to our own. I think that humility allows us to live life more authentically because when we're chasing external standards of of affirmation or worth, we never really feel like we can show ourselves. 
because see, I think one of the core human fears we have is, is rejection. And I don't think it's rejection in like, oh, you know, people, people don't like me. Uh, people don't love me. It's more of being known and being rejected. Mm. So, so many of the times we don't actually show our true selves. And so when we feel rejected, what we can say is, oh, well, they didn't really know me. They rejected this image of me or this persona of me. And so we don't, it, it's more terrifying to share your real self because then if they reject that, well, gosh, you know, what do you have left? And so when we can be invited into sharing ourselves vulnerably, that can be powerfully transformative. I love that. We're actually going to play the full interview on a bonus episode on Sunday. Yes, because it was really interesting. He's ama- He was amazing. And yeah. I was quite, as you could hear at the beginning of the intro, I'm quite confused about this whole subject. Um, and actually he does, he's very concise and he does clear up a lot of questions that you might have around the topic of humility. So please do go take a listen to that on Sunday. So Daryl cleared it up for us. He said, humility includes three features. One is an accurate self-assessment. Humble people know what they're good at and what areas they could improve in. You need to accept the reality of what's flattering and unflattering about you. The second one is the ability to regulate your ego. We all want self-esteem. We all want to take the praise for things we've done well and pass on the blame for things that we've done that are shitty. So share the praise and glory with others others and acknowledge that you didn't get there alone other people contributed to your success and also likewise take the blame when it's appropriate don't always pass the buck and it is much easier to take the blame than to keep pushing it off because the minute you take the blame the whole thing dissipates i'm not saying take the blame if it's not your fault don't do that that's not that's not good but if you have done something wrong it's okay to say you know what i messed up i'm sorry most people don't feel like that most people feel a defensive and b will find an excuse as to why it wasn't their fault that's what most people do i know i know i'm trying to teach this to my kids and the other thing is an orientation towards other people so if you're humble you can empathize with those around you try and look at the world without putting yourself in the center or to put it simply as daryl does knowing yourself checking yourself and going beyond yourself. These are the three key points to humility. And he set our practices of the week. He did. Um, So there were three points to what we had to practice this week. Number one, ask your loved ones uh, to... Sorry, let me do that again. We had to ask for feedback from a trusted friend or loved one about our humility. So you can ask different people throughout the week and just get a sense of how humble other people perceive us in different situations and contexts. Uh, you might be humble with your partner, but not so much with your friends, or you might be partner. You might be humble at work, but not so much in your personal life. So you just wanted to get an idea of how the people closest to you in your life, how humble they see you. Mm. The other one was to, um, we had to commit to reading against ourselves. So for the whole week, read different news sources than where we typically get our information. If we leaned towards a particular way politically, just read counter opinions just for a week and see how you get on with that. And the other one was to listen first. In each encounter, be the listener. Have the other person speak first. Make sure the other person can fully and completely share their perspective before taking or offering our own viewpoint, a.k.a active listening yeah so we'd kind of done that one hadn't we we had that one didn't feel too uh too out there no 
This episode is sponsored by Horizon Studios. If you're travelling this year and looking for high quality, sustainable and beautifully designed luggage, then look no further than Horizon Studios, who've launched two new ranges. The RE series, the world's most sustainable 97% recycled luggage, and now the revolutionary Air series, the world's lightest high-end suitcase. If you have airport anxiety, worrying about the weight of your case when it goes on those scales, then the Air Series is for you and it is definitely for me. The Air Series pushes the boundaries of travel. Each detail is designed and engineered to combine an ultralight and durable product. It's significantly lighter than regular suitcases, thank goodness Lauren, that is brilliant. And it comes with a lifetime warranty because the most sustainable suitcase is the one that you only buy once. We used the cases to go to Paris and Wales last year, and as chronic overpackers, we could still wheel them around with ease. We could. Ultra light and compact, the Air Series is made from a premium polycarbonate hard shell with reduced thickness and a recycled lining. It's 100% vegan and produced in a way that is 99% waste-free, blending design and function seamlessly. So, Nicole, you can pack those extra five pairs of shoes with no stress. The entire range is available on the Horizon Studios website and in all leading department stores. Just go to www.horizon-studios.com. Horizon Studios. Let's go further. How are you feeling about this week? I'll be honest, it took me a while to get into the week. Me too. I mean, I feel like this week has been sitting in my body and in my brain for about three months because Daryl was originally going to come onto the show in June. June. And so this whole concept has been floating around my being since June. And I, I don't know, I got very... It just built up to to like a much bigger thing than it normally would be, I think, because of that. Um, So how's I feel going to it? A little bit resistant, actually. Yeah, me too. Why do you think you were feeling resistant? Just, Just... just really it's not something I wanted to look at it felt a little bit uncomfortable you know how how much humility do I have in my life well probably not that much if I'm worried about looking at it and facing it head on so it's one of those weeks that was a bit of an edge yeah I also felt a little bit uncomfortable about what was going to come out of it yeah so let's let's talk about our weeks okay you go first this week okay I'll go first uh, so I started with asking my loved ones yes about my humility uh-huh and I have a voice note okay let's hear it Lily Rose would you say that I am humble depends what wait, no depends what you're talking about like in what you just said, does that mean like when you're not boasting? No, and stuff? no, like, no, like it depends what it's about. Anything in general, do you think I have humility? Do you think I'm a humble person? I don't know, like when it's cleaning, you're like, I've cleaned the whole house today. Right, so I'm and not- <laughs> sometimes you boast a lot, but sometimes when we don't recognize things, you make us recognize it. Like what? You'd be like, did you know that I did this today? Did you know that I did this? So and that's this, not so that's not very this. humble then. I mean, sometimes you can be humble, but sometimes not so much. <laughs> yeah. I love the fact that she thinks that you complaining about how you've cleaned the house is you boasting about it. What you're actually going is, I've cleaned the f- 
fucking kitchen floor ready today. And she thinks you're going, hey, kids, look how great I am because I've cleaned the kitchen yeah. floor. Yeah, she wasn't quite yeah. getting that. I just she? thought it was so funny. Brilliant. No, but I do sometimes like, oh, I've done this today and I've done that today. And what have you done? You've laid in. You haven't done anything. It's, oh, I you know, see, it's I one see. Of those. But that's still more of a complaint than a boast. Yes. Or is it like, look how great and efficient I am and how much I've achieved in a day and you lazy layabouts have done nothing? It was a bit like that. Oh, okay. It was a bit like that. <laughs> That's not that humble. And, and I do often come home, and she's right, I do often come home and say, oh, you know, we got a million downloads today, that kind of thing. Mm. Or, oh, we had a great meeting today. Or I, I talk about how I've had a great day and I share it with them. Do you add in, we had a great meeting today and Lauren made some excellent and valid points because that would be like the humble way of going about that, I guess. <laughs> really? Yeah, because you don't contribute all of your success down to, to you. you. You acknowledge uh, but, other people. But I don't go in and say, we had a great day today and it was all thanks to me and I have pushed everything and we are where we are because of all of my hard work. I don't do that. I think you'd be a megalomaniac if you did. I don't do that. I don't do that. No, I don't say, oh, Lauren made some valid points and she was amazing in the meeting. Okay, so Lily Rose was not the biggest fan of your humility. I asked my husband. Yes. And I asked my parents. Right. My husband, it took him about an hour to think about it. Okay. And he actually came back with saying, yes, you do have humility. Mm -hmm. um, and you can be gracious and you can be humble. Yes. Okay. I don't think that it is a word I would use to describe myself. I don't think it's a word that many people would use to describe themselves. I would describe Daryl as humble. Yeah. He, he has a very humble presence. Do you, is there anyone in your life who you know or who you're friends with or who you're related with who you would say one of the first things you would think about them is they're a very humble person? My friend Mandy, she sometimes listens to this. And do you... And she's very she's very successful. Very, very successful. She's got a cracking business. She's done really well for herself. She's built it from the ground up. And she is... Whenever you talk to her about work, she always takes the humble road. But do you like her more because of that? I'm always so in awe of her because of it. Interesting. And I'm always fascinated by it because she's got a million awards and a million accolades that she could say, yeah, we've done this and we've done that and work's going really well. And she, she doesn't do any of that. Mm. Because she just feels secure in what she's doing and that's just who she is as a person. Or, or perhaps there's there's some sort of self-deprecation there as well. Okay. I, I can't, I, I, like I said in the interview, it is such a fine line mm. between self-deprecating and narcissism. And what did your parents say? My dad said, my dad said, yes, he thinks I can be humble. Mm -hmm. They both said, this, yes, you can be humble. Yeah. I don't think it's a word they would use to describe me. And my mum said, then my dad basically put the phone to my mum and said, oh, she's been, she has to ask her loved ones if they think she's humble. And my mum said, well, tell her to go and ask them then. <laughs> I'm not your loved one. I'm just your mother. Love it. And, and That's a classic. That, that is, that, my mother is totally iconic. That's a gem. That is a gem. So my dad and I just fell about laughing and I said, last I checked, mum, you were one of the most important one yeah. of my loved ones. Yeah. And love it would that. <laughs> I mean, I just love that. That is absolutely, I don't know why she's asking me. I'm just her mother. Well, why doesn't she go and ask them then? Is oh, what she said. Classic. classic. So, so that's what they said. Okay. 
Right. So actually, I have a situation in my life right now that is very much humbling me. Oh. Yes. And it is all around exercise. Right. So uh, in my gym, as you know, if you listen to this show a lot, I exercise all the time. I keep myself very fit and as healthy as I can. And in my gym, I am probably known as one of one of the fitter women in there. Mm-hmm. Um, probably in the top 10 of of women in the gym. Okay. I know they realise this is not me being humble, but I'm just giving you... Context. Context. Yeah. Um, so, you know, and there's a few... Everyone knows everyone's standards in there. And everyone knows where they're strong and everything else. So when I'm in that gym, I feel very confident. I feel very comfortable. And anything that's chucked at me, I will always give it my all. And I always do pretty well. Yeah. Um, there's always a couple of women that are stronger and faster. But, you know, I, I, keep, I keep up. I have signed up to this competition, this race called the High Rocks, and it is on another level. And I've joined the Facebook group and I'm doing all the training and I've spoken to a couple of the coaches, some High Rocks coaches, and I am going into something where I am definitely not one of the strongest. Mm -hmm. I am definitely not one of the fastest. I will be the absolute opposite because I'm a rookie and I don't really know what I'm doing and I will probably get quite a slow time. Mm. And that in itself is incredibly humbling because I think you can get very caught up and very comfortable in what you do and how you do it. But pushing yourself outside of that comfort zone in itself is always going to be a humbling experience. And that's where the growth is. And that's the whole point of this, Mm. of humility, isn't it? It's to keep you growing. It's to keep you improving. It's to keep you knowing yourself. You know, I know myself in my gym, but stick me outside when I'm Amongst, out of context. Out of context yeah. amongst a whole load of other athletes yeah. that train probably harder than I do. Yeah. And wow, they are so inspiring. And their times that they're putting on these Facebook groups, I'm thinking I could never do that. So I'm really enjoying it. Rather than feeling threatened by it, now that I'm so pleased that we brought this week in because it gave me a different lens to look through in a different perspective. Yeah. That actually, I don't feel, need to feel threatened by it. I can appreciate it and allow it to push me to grow and push me to get better. Nice. I like that. You like that? Yeah, a lot. Um, And then my last example, on Saturday night, we were getting the train home. It was about half past midnight and we were quite drunk and we got talking to this really lovely older couple. And I don't really know how we got onto the subject of politics, but we did. Yeah. And she was a staunch Labour supporter and my husband is not even though and they started talking about their political views and I just Mm -hmm. thought you know what we're strangers we're all a bit drunk on a train so we really need to be discussing this but with the lens of humility yeah she was making some really solid points Mm -hmm. my husband isn't practicing humility this week so he hasn't got that perspective in front of him but actually I then just turned around to him I said you know what you're not going to agree so let's just either stop talking about it or try and hear each other yeah um, and we all decided to stop talking about it. I mean, okay. Adam was a little bit resistant to stop talking yeah. about it, but it was just interesting. I don't think I would have approached it in the same way had I not have had this week in front of me. Interesting. So you were more open, whatever side you may lie on in that conversation, to hearing both sides of the argument with an open mind. With an open mind, because yeah. you're always going to learn something. Yeah. Even yeah. if you don't agree with it, you're always going to learn something. Yeah. Nice. And that was my week. Okay, nice. I like it. Tell me about your week. 
So I started with the same thing, asking others, asking my loved ones about my humility. One friend just didn't reply. Did you ask me? No. Oh, good. I was there. Did I miss that text? No, you didn't miss that text. Um, I also asked my husband. I Which asked friend? Him, Which friend? Dr. Syrah. She didn't reply. But to be fair, she may be on call dealing with dying patients. So I, I have to let that lie. She'll reply, but in like five days and then I'll bring it to the epilogue show. So I asked, yeah, I asked my husband on a drive home from the theatre on Friday night. By the way, I'm reading this book. It's called Humble. How humble do you think I am? And he said um, that I'm particularly bad about accepting blame, feedback and criticism. He said, I become very defensive almost immediately and I will not accept that it's my fault. He said, and you get that from your parents, they're exactly the same. <laughs> so that was my, uh, <laughs> that but was my feedback. To be fair, as we've always said on the show... In marriage, a, in a, a marriage, in, yeah, yeah. and any other relationship, they have it's a very different beast. But he does, he does know me well. He said, but it, I don't find you like that at all. He he said, look, he said you have humility. You're not some raving egomaniac. He said, but you are. You're not good on the flip side of that. So that was that. Uh, I asked my friend Catherine. She said, "Hmm, interesting question." Humble is not the first way I would describe you. Yeah, you see, this is what I mean. Nor myself, but I don't think that you lack humility. I think you're ballsy and competent, so there is no meekness there, which I think is humbleness, but you are modest and unpretentious. And then she added, sometimes women can't afford to be humble. Oh, I'm totally in love with that whole reply. So She's right, by the way. She's right. Tell me about the rest of your week because there's something I want to keep for summary. Okay. So that was that. I, I mean, I'm okay with that because I actually do agree with my husband. And then I said to him, you know, when I think about you in the same situation, if I tell you you've done something wrong or I accuse you of something, I said your initial response, the, 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 the gut response is the same thing. Defensiveness. Yeah, yeah. No, you. No, yeah. you. Yeah. But on reflection, you will always, nine and a half times out of ten, say, you know what, that was wrong and I'm sorry. And he is much better at that than I am. And so I said, you know what, have to take that feedback on board. I have to accept that that is how you perceive me and also that there is a truth in that. Mm. So You should do something called practising letting go of being right. Yeah, I mean, that was a slightly bitter pill to swallow, but I, I swallowed it down anyway. Then I had a text exchange with Dr. Syra, who was telling me about all the things that the NHS had thrown at her that week when she was just trying to be a doctor, helping people out. Come and have your simultaneous flu and COVID jab and we'll give you a free hot drink. Come and do this, come and do that. And she said, I've been bombarded. She said, and then I've been told to go and celebrate um, Black History Month. And she said, where, where, where the fuck am I going to celebrate this? Is there some sort of party in, in an electrical room that I haven't been invited to? Am I supposed to go and find some of the other black members of staff and ask them where this party is? Like, what is it? And I said, you know what? I keep seeing all the posters around Barnet celebrate Black History Month. And I also don't feel like I'm like I really am aware of what to do about how I should be celebrating this. And then I thought, hang on this is not right. I am in this, 
this white bubble and I'm not looking outside of it. And then Josh came home and said that this guy came in to do an assembly and it was all about Black History Month and it was really interesting. And I thought, no, I'm sorry, I can't give myself the excuse of I don't know where the party is. I have to create my own party. Yeah. So I did a little bit of digging around and I thought this is actually for me to learn and explore and look outside of myself and do stuff that I don't normally do and read and look at so I picked up a book by a black British author it's called Such a Fun Age by Kylie Reid I don't know if anyone's read it and it's about uh, a babysitter who is apprehended at a supermarket for kidnapping in inverted commas the white child that she is being paid to babysit for Um, and then her employer her white employer resolves to make things right so it's sort of like this crash course that upends everything and it's about the messy dynamics of privilege and it's it's like a it's a satire about sort of white savior syndrome and woke culture and it's about money and race and class and it's just very cleverly written and also from a point of view that I'm not normally reading from so that was yeah. Very interesting. Yeah. Um, then I just des- yeah, I decided to yeah. delve into Apple Podcasts because they had a huge curated yes, section did. for did. Black History Month. So I went into one that I thought looked brilliant, and it was two black women chatting. And I thought, oh, it's going to be like a self care club. <laughs> well. I'm actually now quite traumatized. I may have PTSD from the whole affair. What were they talking about? <laughs> It's got to be something to do with vaginas. Oh my God, it was so... I mean, you can sniff it out. I'm telling you, there was no talk on the bump or the show notes about this is about vaginas, but I didn't realise that they are actually two lesbians. And in this particular episode, and I did pick at random, I didn't like troll through all the show notes to pick one that, you know, I just thought I'll try this one, was the, the newest one. It was the most explicit play-by-play of cunnilingus that I have ever listened to in my life. I mean, I I know things now that I never needed to know or wanted to know that I will never need to use in my life. Wow. And I thought I knew lots. Wow. And if anyone knows their way around a vagina, it is you. Not in that respect, but I was certainly taught I certainly, let's just say, I came out of my own bubble of knowledge and certainly was opened up to a new bubble of knowledge. Wasn't the the, the point of listening to the podcast, but that, that was what happened. <laughs> <laughs> and we always like to bring the realism. <laughs> that was the okay. realism. That was the realism. So, so that was my week, basically. Let's go into summary. Okay. Right. What what worked? What worked, what didn't, having, what have you learnt? Well, having a little mirror held up to myself, I think it's always helpful, helpful, useful, always, help, always. does help you grow. Always. It's very good, even though it's a little bit uncomfortable and not very nice to have your bad things about you pointed out to you. I do think it's helpful because well, otherwise... it's about growth, it's which about is what growth. this week is about. Yeah, because otherwise you are just going stuck. around you're just stuck and you're not going to grow and evolve as a person and that is no good no nishkit as they say nish, so yes yeah. who says who says that they who's they the people who the people who nish. say nishkit yeah. and the second what does it mean no, no good. good and the se- or nish for me it's not for me nish for me and <laughs> the other thing is it was really i thought you know, good to come out of my own bubble and do a bit of reading and listening about things that I don't normally 
read and listen to. Yes, I well, I totally agree. And otherwise, how can one expand and grow and understand? You can't. And can't. You can't. Can't. So that is the beautiful part of humility. Yes. I think it does get a bit mucky and messy. Had you and I, and this is what I wanted to say earlier, had you and I have um, cultivated humility throughout our entire working relationship, had we have always stepped into humility, we, I do not believe we would be where we are. I do not believe we would have a million downloads. I do not believe we would have had all the uh, promotion stuff that we've had. I do not believe that we would have... I just don't. I don't believe we would have had our nomination. All the things that we have achieved, I don't think would have happened from humility. I'd be really interested to know it, how many of these kind of tests and experiments and all this sort of stuff that Daryl has done only with women. Because I do wonder how humility differs between men, men and, and women. Men and women, it's completely... And it, I, yep. I do... I would, I would bet that women, as as a general whole, are more humble. But I think that's because they have been they're told more, no, they're to more be. They're more self-deprecating. There's a difference. I think they're also told to be humble. It's the same thing of be quiet, There's, be a good girl. It's not the same, but it's not the same. Playing small, and he did say that, playing small and being humble are completely different. They are, and but at the to end, me they as, get mixed up. As I said to him at the end of my coaching uh, weekend, every weekend, that, that feeling... That presence of humility was beautiful mm. and calm mm. and poignant and moving and everything. It yeah. was so deep. It's such yeah. a deep emotion and it's yeah. very hard to access. Yeah. But it's nothing to do with playing small. And I agree, they are so enmeshed for mm. women, especially. Mm. And I think that's the problem. But playing small and being and, and being small and being polite and saying, oh, it's okay, it's fine. That's not humility. And we have to, and I'm pleased that we get to define that, the difference of that here. Mm. Mm. Interesting. And so we come to the big question. Is it coming in the club? Yes. It has to come in the club. I, I struggled a little to find where the self-care wellness part was in this, but I think it's actually to do with self-awareness and growth. growth and for me growth. what stuck out the most this week was the part about living in your own curating your own bubble curating your own echo chamber yeah because it's so limiting it's so limiting the world is so big and wide and there are so many people and points of view as you may meet on a train yeah or listening to a podcast and it's and it's interesting and it widens it widens your view of the world and I think that's a wonderful thing. Yes, because that in turn creates empathy and understanding and tolerance, yeah. which is what is needed. Yeah. Nice. Thank you so much for listening to the show. We hope you enjoyed it. We will be back on Friday to hear more from you guys about how you get on with humility and what your thoughts on humility are. We'll be back on Sunday as well with the full interview from Daryl. So please check that out because it's very, very special. And if you want to email us, hello at selfcareclub.co.uk. You can find us on all the social channels and we will be back on Wednesday with a self-care snippet. Yeah. See Bye. you then.